Lord, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that Dee's uh, come before you, Lord, seeking your heart, that she might share something with us today, Lord. I just pray that you just bless her and encourage her now, Lord, that as she speaks, Lord, your word will come through, Lord, and uh, it will be a blessing to us. Amen. Amen. Oh, I'm so nervous. Right, okay. So two weeks ago, I was asked by Daniel to share for 10 minutes. Um, when he asked me, I paused as my first thought was, no, no, I definitely do not. Um, and then I said, um, let me get back to you on that. And then I remembered a promise I had made to myself that I was going to try and do all that I felt God was asking me to do in my life. So I reluctantly said, okay, yes. <laughs> I told him I was nervous, but he seemed to think that was a good thing. Everyone who knows me knows I have no problem talking, um, but having to speak on a Sunday and God's word is a whole extra level. Um, for the last two weeks, I've been praying and really trying to listen out for what God wants me to share with you all. And it was only at 6.30 last night that I actually put it on paper. <laughs> I'm a bit of a last minute person like that. I just thrive in pressure. Um, so actually I sat down on Friday night and started to think, right, I'm gonna get it typed up. And God just went, no. I have to watch two past Sunday services. So the two that he told me to watch was one by Adam Ball and one was Sam's encouragement from a few Sundays ago. So I'm going to start my little sermon off by um, like a season two Netflix series. So like previously, um, we had Adam Ball share a prophetic word for the church which was that the church is standing at the door of a new promise, which is going to be a new season, a promise of prosperity in sanctification, salvation, deeper understanding, deeper intimacy and joy in God. He said we should learn by the past mistakes of those in the Bible who missed out on going into the promised land, not letting our own worries cloud the truth of what God can do. To be careful of the howevers, and when God shows us a way forward, to not look at potential barriers or go through on earthly understanding, but to listen to the voice of God. And that we should remember our pasts and the past of this church has brought us to this very moment. His prayer for us at the end of his sermon was for the church to have a vision of the way forward, a unity in that vision, and confidence in the leaders to bring us through to the promise. So the next episode was Sam. <laughs> Sam shared about having those around you who can equip and encourage you. She asked, who is our Mordecai? Mordecai was the one who encouraged Esther to fulfill her potential in what God wanted her to do for the, her people. Sam also spoke about time and how we should be aware of our present and how God wants to move in our now and not wait for our right time. Her prayer at the end for, for us was, when we stand before God, was for us to hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. For us to use our time wisely on earth and leave a mark glorifying the Lord. Since then, we've had Pastor PL from India demonstrating to us the impact that one man who follows God's purposes can have in an area and how God can be glorified. I mean, I was convicted after watching his sermon, um, I don't know about you, but the man has impacted so many lives of so many and then humbly stands there saying, I don't know much, that's what he said. He was like, I don't know much, like he knows so much and he definitely knows how to glorify God in his life. Then last week, John spoke on Ephesians and how we need to sit in Ephesians 1 knowing that God has chose us and we are holy and blameless before him and that he has predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. When we have the faith and confidence in that truth, we will be able to stand as in Ephesians 6 and put on the whole armour of God. Right, 
Now, I've not just recapped that to cunningly eat into my 10 minutes, okay? But it did work, it did work. So I think it's important to highlight there is a running theme in recent months, and not just in the first this few I've mentioned, but God is clearly speaking to us all as a church and telling us we need to get ready to be a part of this new season we are going to be entering into. So I was a bit wary of what I thought God was wanting me to share, as he always seems to give me a word that can be a bit challenging to both myself and to share with others. So I went to the prayer and worship meeting asking for confirmation, which, by the way, was epic for those who couldn't make it. Alan Maxwell was amazingly in tune with the Holy Spirit, as always. Um, he quoted in a prayer, Hebrews 12:6, For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. So, the verse God gave me was the second part of Luke 22:42. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And the question God is asking us is, are we living lives according to God's purpose for us, or are we trying to get God to work for our purpose? Because if we're doing the latter, we're going to be living our lives like those wandering around in the wilderness. And I know. As I can testify, I often in my past would feel like I was living my life going round in circles. Where I would feel I was getting somewhere where God was answering my prayers and then it all came crashing down. And I'll be back at square one and I'll be starting all over again. This is not to say that God was not with me in those times. I saw miracles, I heard God speak. I see him move, prayers were answered, but I was not at peace. I did not have joy, and there was a lot of fear. Like those who wandered... Like those who wandered in the wilderness, God was still with them, providing manna for them. But he wasn't going to make life comfortable and joyful because it's not where they was meant to be. They had turned their back on his purpose and his promise and the path he had for them. When I first became a Christian in 2014, not long after, Dave Latham came to the church and that night he gave a word for me. Well, he gave words for everyone, not just me, but I got one. God would restore the years the locusts had eaten. And Jana gave me a picture of a box of promises and I had the key in my pocket and it was up to me to unlock it. Well, from 2014 to 2020, so for six years, I took that word and rather than listening to God and allowing him to show me what it meant, I interpreted it to fit what I wanted my plan in life to be. And believe me when I say it did not work out well. It's only with the luxury of hindsight I know this, and looking back, I can see where I was ignoring signs for God because it didn't suit what I wanted or what I thought was right. Well, because I was stubborn and ultimately a bit emotionally weak, drastic circumstances had to happen before I needed to end up starting on the path which I now believe God actually does want me to be on, which does not mean those six years were totally wasted. As still within that time, my relationship with God deepened. But like those in the wilderness, if I had listened to God and done his will and not mine, a lot of trauma could have been prevented and I would have been in my promised land a lot sooner. So fast forward to now, and I'm trying to live my life according to God's will before my own. When I was choosing a church to come back to after being away for a few years, although I loved the people of Elton Church, the location was far from ideal for me. And in a worldly perspective, not a sensible option. 
but I decided to trust God's protection and I've been so blessed to have welcomed back in like I've never left. When God's asked us to step up and make a change in our lives, it's not going to be easy. And there is a reason for this, because he wants us to rely on him, not on our own abilities. As if we do in our own strength, then we glorify him. Isaiah 41:13. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not. I am the one who helps you. Philippians 2:13. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. This has been a challenge for me. I have recently taken over a new role of work at work, as both my parents are now retired. So I'm now doing all the financial work which used to be done by three people, and now it's just me. So while contemplating on how to manage my time doing this new role, God put it on my heart to help out in fresh ground to try and enable John to have more time for other areas of church and work life. Well, all my worldly human brain was saying, this is mad. How, God, have I got time for this? And I could have made a number of excuses not to do it. But whenever in the Bible, when God asked someone to do something, were they truly ready? Or was it the most convenient timing? Was Abraham ready to sacrifice his son? Was David ready to be a king? Was Mary really ready to carry baby Jesus? Was Moses ready to do all God asked of him? Was it convenient for the disciples to just leave their lives and follow Jesus? Would Paul have thought it had been better for him to wait till he got out of prison to preach the gospel? Did Jesus not even ask, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me? But they all trusted in God and had a paternal perspective that God knows more than them. And if they're willing to put aside their doubts and questioning and say yes, they all played an amazing part in God's plan on this earth. So obviously I'm not saying fresh ground is on that level. <laughs> but because I feel what it is what God is calling me to do, I'm trusting he will make a way. And he has been. Over the past couple of weeks, I've found new ways of processing my work which will save me days. So he's already making my path more straight. And this is what I want to encourage you all with. If you're being prompted by God, being called to do something, then do it. Even if it's not what you thought you wanted to be doing, if it's God's in it, it will be amazing. And what an honour and a privilege to be a small part in his plan in this world. Listen to those godly brothers and sisters you have around you, your church leaders and elders. If they're holding you to account, asking you for help or encouraging you, ask yourself why and what part you can play. Don't make excuses for why not to. God can speak to you through other people. This is why we have fellowship, to enable, encourage, equip and sharpen each other. The way we live our lives should display a change set apart for Jesus. Our actions can often speak louder than our words. James 2, 17 to 19. So also by faith itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe God is one, you do well, even the demons believe and shudder. James was encouraging those to not just believe and speak about a godly way of life and helping each other, but to actually put it in action, or it would just be empty words. So the difference in my life now is that I've stopped wandering in the wilderness. So the difference in my life because of that is I have peace, a peace beyond the understanding of this world, a joy which is not affected by my circumstances. Don't get me wrong, I still have a lot going on, which is not great. But I'm standing solid and trusting God's timing and his protection. 
The promise that I will be given back the years the locusts ate has been coming true in so many ways. From, if, from restored friendships, I got my besties back. But they never left. But now I can actually spend time together with them. I've made so many new friends. I've connected with my extended family. I'm grateful for my relationship with my amazing daughter, who should be there on the phone in Fiji, who made the struggle all worth it and the experiences I've been able to share with her, which would have never been possible. I'm blessed by my family support and God's provision, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. So I want to end with a prayer for us all as a church. Dear Lord, I pray that we'll be a people that do not look to our future and assess our abilities through our own human strength. But we remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. As we go through this new season as a church, that each and every one of us search our hearts to know what, you, what role you like us to play, Lord, in your plan and promises for us, as we do not want to be wandering in the wilderness. We want to be on your chosen path for us. We pray that your will and not ours be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Good to do that recap. We should do that every week because it's good to remember what God's been speaking uh, to the church. And uh, again, you see these themes come through, and sometimes you have to look back to reflect on what's happened and what's been spoken, and then we're able to see these themes. And so, thanks, Dee. And well, you were in there as well. It's all good. Um, and again, I think it's just interesting that God's doing something. I just want to, there was just something that's been on my heart for a while just to share, and so I just wanted to take the opportunity as well. Um, have we got, there you go, we've got a clicker. There we go. Save you your fingers. Yeah. Um, and again, it's this idea of building. God building something, God's doing something in this church. Um, and you see the purposes of God. Um, and it's interesting that God is quite simple in the sense that he says something and we just have to do it. You know, and it's, it's not really much more complicated than that. Um, we don't have to work it all out, understand it all, but God speaks. So I just wanted to read some scripture and just work through it um, in a little bit, short period of time. Um, and so this is from Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 16. It says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love." So we read this passage, and before this, Paul has been talking to the church 
about walking in a worthy manner. Um, and that worthy manner he describes as being in love and in unity. And this is because God himself is one. And so he is perfect unity, he is perfect peace. And therefore, if we are his church and supposed to kind of be uh, ambassadors of his, then we're supposed to be like that as well. And it says, um, this is back in earlier in chapter 4 of Ephesians, um, it says that there is one body, so there's one church. The body is like a church, or the church is like a body, that way around. One body formed by one spirit, with one hope in Jesus, one baptism into his death and resurrection, serving one God. And so there's this real theme of there's one, there's one, there's one. But then he goes on to talk about um, gifts that he gives, but I'll get into those in a moment. And the desire that he has for us. And so we've got this one church, one body. But God has a desire for us in this. That in this oneness, we are to be unified in faith. That's God's ultimate goal for his, his people, to be unified. And we can look around the world and you see people disagreeing, people arguing, and sometimes you'll look at the church and think, well, why are they, why is there this infighting, in division, and it, it saddens, saddens God, because he's like, no, I want you to be one. I want you to be one in faith. He says he wants you to, us to know the Son of God. And I kind of touched on this a few weeks ago that we have a knowledge of the Son of God and to become mature and become like Christ. So the idea is that we grow. So God wants you to grow, to be mature, that we're not like babies in our lives, um, but we actually become more like Jesus. To be grounded and enlightened. I was trying to think of what's the opposite of deceit. Um, because he's saying there are many things in the world and even today there are many things you'll hear and it's like, What's going on? What's happening in the world? There's so much going on with wars and cost of living and all these kind of things. And it's like, he says, I don't want you to be tossed to and fro by waves. I don't want you to be deceived. He wants us to be grounded. He wants us to be enlightened. And he wants us to be loving. And God has built his people in such a way that their growth and strength is interdependent. Now, I don't. I was going to do a little thing. Let's you do it. Can I? Are there any volunteers? I need some volunteers. I need about at least four people who are of able body. <laughs> Go on, these coming. Go on. Go on. Come on. I need at least four, maybe five or six, ideally. You might have done this. This is a. Uh, Come on, you can do it. Come on, Martin. Come on now. All right. Okay. So you have to um, stand in a circle, but you've got to face, be facing, um, like, not all facing the same way around. So in a circle like this. So you're, you'd stand here. You stand here. You stand here. Oh, they're facing each other's backs. Yeah, in a circle. And so... You've got to kind of get in there, because then, no, you go, no, no, you are that way, yeah, that's right, sorry. <laughs> and then you've got to face Martin. So, because the point is, when I say go, you all have to sit down, and you sit down on the knees of the person in front of you. So you've got to be quite tight. <laughs> okay, 
So the, if it all falls apart, <laughs> John, do you want to come and join in? <laughs> do we need yes. more people? Do we need more people? I'll join in as well if you want. Okay, join in. It does help. Okay, so, so on three, you all have to do it together. So you crouch down. We do this in youth group. If you've ever been in youth group, this is what you do in youth. Okay, so ready? Alan, you've got to be this way. <laughs> okay, ready, steady, go. <laughs> okay, let's stop there before anyone, before anyone gets injured. Um, they could have all gone really horribly wrong. Um, and this is where you're like, this is why I don't volunteer for things. Um, but it's this idea of interdependence because if one person didn't do what they were supposed to do it would have all fallen apart okay and, and this was a phrase that God put on my heart I'm sweating now that was like high pressure I don't know I don't get ex like preaching doesn't bother me but whew, that was dangerous um, but God has built his people in such a way that their growth and strength is interdependent. So your growth and your strengthening in God is dependent on all of those around you. I want you to let that sink in for a moment because what that means is that you can't do it on your own. And what that means is if somebody else doesn't do their bit, then you won't grow and become strong. Because that is how God has designed his people. Because, again, we'll get into something in a minute. Okay, so... Have I pressed something? You can do the next one anyway. Um, so to achieve this purpose, it says that Jesus has given us what I call grace gifts. He's given us gifts by his grace. Now, we've all got this. Every person has got this. Um, even non-Christians have got these. Um, and because they're a grace gift, it means that you don't have to do anything to acquire them. You can't earn them. You can't, like, um, bribe anyone for them. Um, but they're given by Jesus as a gift at his discretion for his purpose and given generously by him. And they're given to be used in love so that we grow together and that the church grows. So, and people can use these in many different ways. And some people will use, we'll go into what they, they mean in a minute, but some people will use them just in natural life in different ways, ways that aren't honouring to God as well. Um, but God wants us to use these things to build his kingdom. Now, normally... Well, everyone will have one of these, but normally that will be quite a prominent thing in their life. Uh, sometimes someone will have it, a secondary gift or a third tertiary gift. I had to look that one up, tertiary gift. Um, that's the third. Um, I don't know what fourth is. Um, so you have these gifts, um, but no one's going to have all of them. I don't believe it's actually right even that everyone someone would have all of them because if someone had all of them, that means they don't need anyone else. And so, actually, it's unlikely that you'll have them all 
Although at times God might give his grace to you to move in things that you don't have. So for me, for example, I know I shared this recently, even though I don't feel I'm doing a very good job of it today, I feel that one of my gifts is being a teacher. Um, and, but that means there, there might be times in my life, um, and I've done the one I realize I'm weakest on is evangelist. But there might be times when God says, today, Daniel, you need to be an evangelist. And he'll give me his grace to do that. Now, I'll always probably revert back to my stronger gifts, but it doesn't mean that God will not be able to use me in that way. I hope this is making sense. Um, and so I want you to consider, as we talk about this, what you might have, because again, I'm saying everyone here's got something, what you might have, whether you're operating in it, and how God might be asking you to operate in it. And again, I think this is where it ties into even like what Dee was saying about stepping out, using what God's given you, uh, and being bold. So I'm going to outline some of the gifts and the attributes of those things. So the first one we're going to look at is apostle. And it comes from the Greek word apostolos, meaning one who is sent out. So it's one who is sent out. An apostle, and some of these are generalizations and not going to fit everyone perfectly who has this. Apostles are usually visionary, pioneering, pushing into new territory. They like to start new things. They're often innovative with ideas and resources. So this is the person, I say, who's always kind of out the front, who likes to start things. Maybe they're not very good at finishing things, but they're kind of, I'm going to go into a place and start a new project. They have lots of ideas. Now, again, I've met people who uh, have lots of ideas who aren't necessarily being led by God, but the idea with this is an apostle in Christ is someone who will have ideas that God is giving them and God is leading them in. So I don't know if there's anyone you can think of who is an apostle. So let me go over those again. Someone who is visionary, pioneering, pushing into new territory, likes to start new things, and is often innovative with ideas and resources. So can you think of anyone? And if you've got a little notepad, you can actually write down the name of someone, or if you've got your notes on your phone, write down the name of someone who is an apostle. Obviously, if you think you might be an apostle, we'll write your name down as well. Okay. Next one is prophet. So a prophet is one who hears and listens to God. Now what they also then speak, they foretell, so they speak out what is coming. So often prophets in the Bible say, this is going to happen. So a prophet might listen to God, hear something and say, this is going to happen. And they also tell forth. So they foretell and they tell forth. So tell forth is what is being said. So following a revelation from God, this is what God is speaking right now. This is what God is doing right now. So um, in our worship today, Jana sang a prophetic song. So what she felt God was speaking in that moment. So a prophet will often have insight into situations, often being, enjoy being alone with God and waiting and listening to him. Do you know any prophets? Now, again, you can be a bad prophet and a good prophet. Like, we've been doing this in our prophecy group is actually growing in our gifting, developing our gifting, so that actually when you speak, what you speak is actually what God is speaking. Um, so you can, again, with all of these, you can grow in these. Evangelist. 
So an evangelist comes from the Greek word evangelistes. That's my Greek pronunciation. Um, one who brings good news and who shares the message readily. So it's like a messenger. They love spending time with non-Christians. They might be people who gather other people around them. And they know how to make the word relevant to non-Christians. And so these are the people who are out there. Um, and I know once I was out and we went, I went out with, we were out prayer walking. And I was out with a guy called Steve Gale who used to come here. And we were out prayer walking, which if you don't know what prayer walking is, you walk around the streets praying while you walk. And so I, that's my comfort zone. I'm okay with that. And then we're walking along and Steve goes, oh, there's a bunch of people. We should go and talk to them. And I'm like, but Steve, we should be prayer walking. Because <laughs> Steve's an evangelist. He likes going and just be like, I'm going to go up and talk to random people. Whereas for me, that's my worst nightmare. Um, but so I was like, okay, Steve, you go and talk and I'll just stand there. Um, so again, do you know any evangelists? Are you an evangelist? Pastors. So comes from the Greek word poimen, one who shepherds God's people. So often called shepherds as well. And so recognising this is not um, a position in the church. Now, I know sometimes we might call ourselves pastors in the church purely because of a cultural thing where it helps people maybe understand um, who is kind of leading. Because if you say, I'm the leader, um, maybe it doesn't come across so well. Um, but in our culture, we often are, leaders of churches are often called pastors, and hopefully they are able to pastor, um, which means to shepherd God's people, but it's not a position. Um, so these, someone who cares for others with tender hearts, um, they see need, they provide comfort and encourage others, they'll spend most of their time with other Christians, often, and can easily empathise and will exhibit lots of patience with those in need. So do you know any pastors? And the last one is teacher. Um, so this is one who holds forth the truth and is excited by it. Didaskolos is the Greek word. You can see I'm really good at Greek. Um, and they enjoy learning about new things. And they look for ways to explain and enlighten and apply truth. Um, and for me, as I say, and this is, again, what I believe is my primary uh, gift. Um, and part of the reason is, and maybe this applies to you in a different area. If I wasn't able to teach... I feel like I would probably explode. Because when I read things and I learn, my natural inclination is, I want to tell other people about this. I want to take this and I want to expound it and I want to share it and somehow I'll do that. Whether I'll write something, whether I'll blog it, whether I'll video it, whether I'll, I'll, I'll find some way of doing so. And so it's that idea of if you don't do it, you know, you might explode. If, if I said to you, for example, you're not allowed to start anything new, might you explode? If I said to you, you're not allowed to um, listen to God, and maybe we all like to listen to God, hopefully, but, or if I said to you, you're not allowed to go and share the gospel with the lost, 
if I said to you, you're not allowed to go and help the needy. Now, all of those things we hope we'd all like to do, but it's that point where it's like, if I wasn't able to do this thing, I would maybe explode. What I want you to do, again, this is only, in a sense, a short introduction to this, but what I want you to do is, in your community groups or with your family, with your friends, I want you to talk about this. I want you to ask each other what you think you are and what you're doing with this gift. Because the reality is, as I said, the church, we as a church, need you. And this isn't just a recruitment drive. But if we think, go back to that, that interdependent arch, or maybe everyone's sitting on each other's laps, maybe that resonates more and will be stuck in your memory for a while. Um, we are, if we are interdependent, and the goal of our, our faith is to, to glorify God, to walk with him, to grow his kingdom, then each person is needed in the church. Each person is needed. And if we don't operate in those things that God has given us, then we, it's going to, we're going to be weaker for it. Um, there is a test you can take. So if you're like, okay, I've heard you and I haven't got a clue um, you can go to this website, fivefoldministry.com, um, and you can take, it takes 10 minutes to do this test, and then it tells you which one you have. Now, obviously, take all these things with a pinch of salt, because I remember taking a test for my career when I was doing my GCSEs, and at the time, I wanted to be an airline pilot, and funnily enough, it recommended that I should be an airline pilot at the end of the test, um, because I, it says, do you like travel? Yes. Do you like being away from home? Yes. Um, whereas I didn't actually like being away from home. Um, so obviously you can you try and answer these things truthfully. They're a guide, they're not law. Um, ultimately ask God more than anything else. But also speak to others around you. Because you might say, I feel like I'm this. And part of it is it should resonate in community. Because it, uh, if I'm up here sta- saying to you, I feel like I'm a teacher, and everyone goes to me, Daniel, you're not a teacher. Let me break this to you gently. Which is fine, because if I'm not, then it means that I've got something else. Or maybe I just got to work better at it. Um, and so there has to be some kind of recognition, I think, within the community of what God has gifted you with. But also, you might say, I don't know, what, I don't know if this is true, I don't know if this is accurate. And other people would be like, clearly you are X, Y, or Z. Because sometimes for other people it's a lot clearer than it is for ourselves. Um, so again, if you've written anything down, not made notes, put any names to any of those, it might be worth going encouraging people to say, I think you're this, or I feel you're that. Um, if you are sitting there and you think, I do not have a clue, then again, take the test, talk to others and say, Do you recognise any of those in me? But ultimately as well, let's pray together that God will show us. And then the next question is, how are you going to operate in that gift that the church might grow? Because if God has this purpose that Dee was mentioning, that Adam was mentioning, that others have mentioned, then it's only going to outwork itself if we move as God has intended. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray and we'll come to a close. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in this church, Lord. We thank you that you do have a plan, you do have a purpose for each one of our lives. Lord, I thank you, as we learned about the other week, is that you have prepared good works for us before the foundation of the world. You knew us, Lord, and you have looked at your, your church and your, your purposes and you, you've seen how we fit into that and how that as a, a church we are weaker for, for not having that. And so I pray that in these coming days that you would reveal to us your purposes and that we would be, as Dean encouraged us, faithful to, to move out, to step out and do what you're saying, that we wouldn't waste time, but we would just be today about what you want. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are speaking to every person here. Every person here has a purpose in you. Lord, and may we seek you for it. Amen.